Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. February 25th marked an unofficial holiday. It should be a national holiday, but this was a new Nicolas Cage film. This also marked a return for director Richard Stanley, who has not directed a movie in 28 years. This is H.P. Lovecraft's Color Out of Space. Originally published back in 1927 in Amazing Stories, it was, I believe, H.P. Lovecraft's last short story that he wrote and sold. It told the story of the Gardner family and how this meteorite fell from the sky, and it changed everything around it. It changed the Gardner family on their farm. It changed the vegetation and all their crops. It made the crops inedible, and it basically destroyed and consumed everything around it, everything living. It is told in first-person perspective, and it was from a land surveyor, and that's something that's actually incorporated here into the movie because there is some narration. And in the movie itself, it involves a guy who is not surveying the land, but he's actually surveying the water. And his name is Ward Phillips. What's funny about that is because H.P. Lovecraft's name is Howard Philip Lovecraft. So there's actually a lot of little Easter eggs and stuff uh, for fans out there. I myself am not necessarily a fan. I've never really read H.P. Lovecraft, so I'm not really a good person to, I guess, judge the work against the short story. However, in preparation for this, I did read the short story, and I thought the short story was actually really good. With that said, I do think this is a decent adaptation of the original short story. A lot of the same things are present. It does tell the story of the Gardner family and how this meteorite crashes down to Earth, lands on their farm, and, well, it changes the land, changes the vegetation, changes the way everybody's acting as far as their mental state. So a lot of the things were kept from the short story. However, as much as things are the same, it's also different. So while I said that this is a decent adaptation and interpretation of the work, it's also a very loose adaptation, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If I was comparing the two, I would say that I think the route that they went here with the movie as far as focusing on the Gardner family themselves rather than with the surveyor, I think that was a wise move. It allowed us to get a little bit more into the horror from the first person perspective of us being the viewer viewing what the family is going through as opposed to seeing it from an outside perspective with the story told from Ward Phillips' point of view. However, you do get a little bit of that that it's being told from his perspective because of the narration. So it's kind of left up to you as far as how you want to interpret this. So first off, I think we should talk about the casting. I am a Nicolas Cage apologist, more or less, because I will watch almost anything with him in. Whether the movie is good or bad, you know you're going to be getting a unique performance either way. And with this, it's interesting because director Richard Stanley, his favorite Nicolas Cage performance is in the movie Vampire's Kiss, which for many of you out there, you may know that it's a very over-the-top 
performance. It's a very fun performance. And in a lot of ways, it's a very good performance because he does go that extra mile and go over the top. And he does that here as well. He even uses the same voice in some scenes. And it's interesting because with his character of trying to keep the family together and such, you get the feeling that he has something deeper inside of him, uh, some other issues. And it, it is suggested as far as that he was potentially abused when he was a child from his father. And also that he might be an alcoholic right after the meteorite lands. I don't think there was a psychological change in him or the family itself at that exact moment. However, his son is in a catatonic state. And the mom, she actually suggests that, well, maybe they should take him to the hospital. Instead of being the good father and saying, you know, we should take him to the hospital, maybe get him looked at. He says, no, it's an hour away and proceeds to pour himself a drink instead. And he seems to rely a lot on alcohol to cope with everything that's going on. And I also get the feeling of somebody that's coping with having a family and being a father without actually having a positive father influence. So he's doing the best he can. But he also has some radical mood swings. And, well, it could be from the meteorite or it could be from the implied abuse from his father when he was a child. It's a very multi-layered performance, and it's a reminder again that Nicolas Cage is actually a good actor if given the right material and allowed to maybe be that crazy man on set, and I think it works. Uh, he gave a near-Oscar-worthy performance in Mandy. It's not the type of movie that would get an Oscar nomination. However, that was the definite... I think pinnacle of all of his performances in Mandy and he gives another strong effort here. The other bit of casting that I actually enjoyed was Tommy Chong. <laughs> I actually enjoy Cheech and Chong. I think they're funny. I got to see them on stage many many years ago and yeah I know it's pothead humor but it's also kind of ironic humor at the same time but it was actually just really fun to see him as almost a crazy hermit in the woods, uh, shaman type of uh, person. It was a very fun role for him, and I really like when they show later when he was recording all of his ramblings and saying about how through the airwaves and underground that they are the beings that are trying to change things to the way they are on their home planet and that things are different there than what they are here. It was actually a very creepy moment in the movie, and I thought it was a well-executed scene. I will say that everybody else in this movie, they did a good job as well. It was well-acted across the board. I didn't think there was anybody that was really weak. But there is something I want to discuss specifically on here, and that is the fact that this actually had some practical effects in it. Yes, there was some CGI stuff, and I thought the CGI was handled well. It wasn't overdone, it didn't look cheap in my eyes, and we got some wonderful practical effects that were right up there with something that you would have seen in John Carpenter's The Thing. It has a definite John Carpenter feel to the special effects with the way it's styled, and I would say to a lesser extent it has a David Cronenberg type of body horror type of idea. 
maybe something that would feel right at home with something you would have seen in Videodrome, or maybe to a much lesser extent, The Fly. Either way, the special effects that are on display are definitely appreciated because we don't get a lot of practical effects in films nowadays. It's almost as if Richard Stanley, as if he directed it, almost like he was trying to direct an 80s sci-fi monster movie type of idea. And I think it worked pretty well to its advantage. It's not exactly what I was expecting when I saw the trailer initially. I was expecting a little bit more on the psychological horror aspect. And we definitely get that, but it goes further into the realm of the special effects heavy monster movies that we would have seen in the 80s. And honestly, that approach, it's definitely appreciated. I definitely appreciate the effort. Remember when I said about this is the first film from director Richard Stanley in about 28 years? I've never actually seen any of his other films. And I know he's only directed two other movies, and that was the movie Hardware and also the film Dust Devil. I heard that Dust Devil was actually really good, but you have to see the director's cut. There's only one problem with that is that the director's cut is not really readily available here in the United States. It's available overseas and such. Uh, I know that there's region locks and everything like that. So I'm kind of hesitant about doing any kind of importing or anything. So it would be nice if Shout Factory or Arrow or one of the smaller boutique labels would actually go and release it over here. He was set up to actually do another film at one point and that was the Island of Dr. Moreau. However, he was fired off of that and he thought that he would never direct another movie again. This one here, The Color Out of Space, if you look up the history of it, he's been trying to get it made since about 2011. And it's kind of cool that the company SpectreVision actually allowed him to make this movie, and I think he did a great job as far as directing it. One last thing on the movie itself, I really liked the richness of colors. I liked how the color was a very purple-magenta type of color however when the light hit it you would see different different shades like a like a teal and a blue type of thing going with it and that's the thing with the original short story it was not told what color this actually produced and i think it's kind of cool that while the color is something that is familiar to us it's strange at the same time so we're treated to some very rich, nice looking scenes. It's very tastefully done in a lot of ways. It's very artsy in a way. And also the ending when all the color is sucked out. It's cool because we're treated to such vibrant colors and then all of a sudden all the color and richness is sucked out of the world in this area where this happened. And it's almost a black and white type of setting. And it's a very nice contrast and it's just very awesome with the way it was all handled. I do like the fact that the overall story with them making a dam where the whole incident happened and it was just kind of forgotten about there in the town and then you also have our narrator he says about how everybody seemed to forget but there are a few that remember everything that happened and also the fact that with this dam being there, he hopes that the water seeps down super low so that hopefully it never happens again. 
but he also says that he'll never drink the water. And that's what leads me to believe that there might have been something in the water, that it wasn't just the electromagnetic waves or anything like that that was affecting everybody. Everybody was drinking this water that was tainted. And sure, it was probably tainted because of the meteorite. But there is suspicion that it might be something there with the water that had to be maybe like a catalyst to start everything in motion. One fascinating thing about The Color Out of Space, the story itself, is that it's had many different adaptations over the years. It started in 1965 with the movie Die Monster Die, and then also there was one in 1987 which is known as The Curse, and then two foreign adaptations which were known as The Color and The Color from the Dark. I haven't seen any of these. I wouldn't mind checking out the one from 87, probably The Curse. Uh, I don't know much about it, but it was also adapted back in, I think, 2017 or 2018 with the movie Annihilation, which I heard is amazing, and I will check that one out, but I have not seen it. I think overall, I really recommend checking this one out. It's uh, well done. I like the style of the movie itself. I will admit that the first viewing that I had, I was not thrilled with the movie. However, watching it a second time, I appreciated it a lot more than I did the first time around. So it may be your cup of tea, may not be, but either way, I think it's something that should definitely be seen. With that being said, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, check out my website at adamanalyzes.com. That is where you can catch up on some past episodes. And if you don't do the whole social media thing and want to contact me, you can contact me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you would leave a review for me on the podcast listening platform of your choice, that will allow me to keep continuing doing this for you and recording new episodes, because you know, I definitely love those digital hugs. But with that being said, good night.